what's shaking hey we're back i'm rick jordan and today we're going all in and if there's ever a day to going all in this guest that i'm bringing on today i'm so pumped because it, this dude is just absolutely phenomenal when it comes to team sports and uh and helping people that that's what we're all about right so i'm not even gonna like bring a long intro because National Director of Nike Sports Camps. There you go. Former pro ball player, basketball, and motivational speaker, Joel Green. What's up, my man? It's good to see you. Uh, same here, Rick. I appreciate you having me on, man. Dude, we're going to have an awesome convo because, I mean, there's a lot of things that you're involved with. And teams are the big thing uh, that I want to talk about today, man, because there's so <laughs> much that's involved in that. And you've got some insight, I would imagine, into especially playing team sports, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a quick background too, because I was talking with uh, some of my team the other day, like instilling culture into them. And we were talking about metrics with business, right? And I'm like, listen, it's like I played baseball for nine years, you know, mm -hmm. and it's because there were team metrics and bonus incentives and all that. They're like, I think we should focus on individuals. I'm like, listen, I'm like, people are going to know. And curious, like going back to your pro ball days, right? It's like mm -hmm. everybody else on the team is going to know if somebody's slacking. If somebody's Absolutely. not showing up to practice, right? Drop of a dime, you know it right away. Yep, right on. So, what are your experience with that, man? I mean, pro ball player. Tell me about your time. It was a fun time, man. You know, but again, you know, it's ups and downs. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't get every as a pro, you don't get every contract that you want. Um, but that's a part of the journey of it, and you know, I embrace it all. I took it as a challenge um, to improve me. Just to show, okay, okay, I know I'm, I'm worth X, Y, Z. And um, I really loved, it's funny, speaking of the team aspect versus the individual aspect, I would tell, it's funny, you know, it was I was only a captain for a couple teams that I played for as a pro, you know, one of the captains. And I would always tell them, like, look, during the office, we, we got to get better individually. So we working out a couple times a day. I'm working out outside of our team practice just on my own. Like, look, come to the gym with me. Because if you get better, we get better, simply put. But don't don't rely on me for you to do well. Like, don't don't bank on me for your success. You know what I mean? And a lot of times I was the the American, you know, you can say the American star abroad because they only bring in two, maybe three, depending on what league you're playing in. So I was heavily relied upon. But I was just so big on the team doing their job, man. It, it was like, do not rely on me to do what you're supposed to do or for us to get a W. Like, I'm going to do my part. You better do your part, you know? And yeah. it's funny, I, I run my business the same way now. You know, I tell everybody, let's individually improve and do our research and, and, and read up on what we ought to so that collectively we're unstoppable. Dude, that's an insane viewpoint as an insanely awesome viewpoint because you're bringing up something i didn't even think about when i was going through this with my teams right is the when you have talent and you can see this right when you have talent and i mean like if it's speaking or whatever you know it happens with me when i was in all these mastermind groups do business mastermind groups it's like just because i could put two sentences together it was like hey rick we want you to lead us you know, like, yeah, right. I like mm -hmm. it. Make, make us look good, you know? And I'm like, that's right. cool. But I love seeing the rest of the team being elevated. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I can, I can set a course in all these things, but how do you, what's the best way that you learned as a captain of the team, man, to be able to coach people that way, to have them not rely 
on you, you know, and by the way, everyone that's listening to, I want to like cut this dividing line because there's a, a coach of mine taught me this because I, I used to try to refrain from saying, Oh, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Because when you're right. good at something, you know, you're freaking good at it. Right. Right. And you, you right. should be able to say that too, because it, it was like a, a, a humility thing that I was trying not to come across as arrogant, but you know, arrogance for everyone listening, arrogance is having a higher opinion of yourself than what is actually <laughs> reality. Look it up, like look up the definitions, exactly. you know? Otherwise Agreed. it's just literal fact, right? And it's confident, there's nothing yeah. wrong with confidence. Look, you, you can, look, I, trust me, man. I, I tell people to be extremely confident in themselves. I tell people to overachieve. I tell them those are the ones that stand out. I'll be honest, you know, the, the more you, you just, you know, do the status quo when you just do the, the bare minimum, you're gonna blend in. Yeah. And as much as many of us may not want to admit it, we don't want to blend in. We want to stand out in some capacity, but most just may not have the willpower to put in the work or the effort to stand out. So they just say, ah, I don't need to do all that extra stuff. Yes, you want, you want to do it though. But, um, Joel's but yeah, my captain. Man, I can blend in. I can just, you know, ride his coattails, right? It, right. I mean, that, that's the thing. You know, if, if you know there's somebody that can, you know, lead the ship and kind of right the wrongs if, things are happen to be going terrible. Then yeah, you know, I've been there. I've been the guy that that's been on the team with some amazing ball players. Like, you know, I've been there. And it's like for me, again, the, the my makeup says I want to be that, as opposed to let me just ride the coattails. But I know everyone doesn't think that way. Like I, you know, I admire those guys yeah. to where it's like, okay, man, I, I know I have something like that inside myself too. So let me step my game up to become that. But, you know, for me, what made me used to tell others that was honestly being as much of an extension of our coach as possible. I knew the things that the coaches would tell the team. They would come to me first a lot of times. Hey, Jay, what do you think about us doing XYZ, you know, next week? I'm game planning this. And that's what I did respect about some of the coaches I had. Not every coach, but they would bring things to me first. Say, hey, what do you think? How do you think they respond to it? Stuff like that. I'm like, I think it'll be good. Let's, let's rock with it. Let's roll with it. And they'll ask, they'll tell me, look, we, you better do well with it first because we expect you to lead. Um, so I would be an extension of my coach and just kind of coaching them away from the coach. So they, they would then listen to me mid game or while we're at yeah. the apartments, so, you know, things like that. So, um, I told them also what I told myself. I'm being straight up with you. Uh, it was just me telling me, you better do your part. Step it up. So when it's a game comes, you know, you, you're, what you're counted on for is executed. So I'm then relaying it to them what I told myself that morning. You're like, okay, Joel, do you think? Yeah. You know, now I'm telling them, hey, guys, do you think individually so that when we come together, you know, we're a beast? For sure, man. Well, what was, or who was one of your favorite coaches that you had? Cause I mean, you spent a lot of time as a captain, but dude, who was your mm -hmm. favorite coach? Man, it was, uh, I mean, it's a crazy part of, you know, not a crazy, but, um, <laughs> a whimsical part of my journey in college, right? So I, I went to four different colleges, right? Um, due to the NCAA and this whole thing called a 424 transfer, cause I couldn't transfer it directly to another four year division one because I would have to sit out and redshirt. And I'm like, I don't want to have to do that because I just redshirted my freshman year due to tearing my hamstring. Oh. So I'm like, okay, I can't go straight to another division one like I wanted to. 
And it was another D1 that already wanted me, St. Joe's in Philadelphia. And I'm like, I can't do that if I, or I have to sit out. So I went into junior college. They said you could do a 424 transfer, which is going from a four-year school to a two-year institution for two years, just to get back to Division One. hopefully, if you get offered a scholarship again. Wow. From going into the junior college ranking. So, I, you know, I was confident in myself. I said, all right, cool, I'll do it. I said, I just want to keep playing. I want to play basketball. I just had to sit out all last year due to injury. So I went into junior college after being at Division One for a year plus, a year and a half. And... Won a national championship down in, in, in Texas and um, wanted to be closer to home. And I said, okay, wanted to see, have my family see me play. So I transferred to a school in Maryland called Cecil Community College and won another mm-hmm. national championship. So, you know, winning back-to-back titles was nuts at two different schools. It was like was, my mind was blown. And then I earned a scholarship back to Division One for my final two years of eligibility. But that coach in Maryland... Just before I got back to D1, dude was nuts, man. In a great way. And, and oh my, like, you know about Bob Knight, right? Yep. So he was what? The, the general, I think is what, what they called him. Um, we called our coach the lieutenant. So Bob he used to actually come to recruit. He, re, he was recruiting one of one of our guys. Uh, he was at Texas, Texas Tech at the time. So this was after his Indiana days. And we like, oh man, coach is gonna show out today, man. You know, it, I'm telling all the suicides we can run, all the conditioning drills. We we just on the floor on our hands and knees, tired. But this coach, he he helped bring the the best out of me because I always I already thought I was playing well. I already thought I was in shape, but man, this guy literally made me get to the point of almost passing out so many times that once the games came around. They were a piece of cake. That's it, awesome. Practices and our workouts, they were dangerously hard. Um, and again, this is me coming from the Division One level. At a junior college, I'm experiencing this. Our junior college conditioning was 20 times harder than the Division One level. Wow. And, you know, you can get away with a few more things. You can kind of be out a little bit later in practice and, you know, there's not as many guidelines and rules, but this guy bought the best out of me, man. And I, I just became along with my team. We, we became amazing. We won 29 straight games, won a, you know, national championship. And, um, he helped me just develop a mindset of, of, you know, superiority. To be honest, you are great. You have the ability to show it. Always do one more thing. If your teacher tells you to read 10 pages, nope, Joe, you got to read 10. You got to read 10 to 15. And I always had to check in with him. Did you read a few more? I forgot to. All right, get off the phone. Read a few more. And it was things like that that I instilled now into my son. I have a nine-year-old. I'm like, okay, do one more. You know, we we, we getting up baskets. We got 20. Okay, we finished. All right, let's get another one. And that's what allows us now to stand out as opposed to just doing what everybody else is doing was written in black and white. Go beyond what's written in black and white. Dude, that's awesome. You carried that with you. I was going to ask like, what's the, <laughs> you answered my question, you know, cause I'm listening to you <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, before I even asked it, it's like, you know, what was the, the one thing that, that this coach, the Lieutenant, right. That you mm-hmm. take now and instill in everybody that you've coached over the years, but all the way down to your nine year old brother. That's, that's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, it stuck with me, man. It was hard to to break it. You know, I went to military yeah. school for a year. That helped just discipline me when I was about 17. But being here was like another form of it, man. It was like military school all over again. It, we were in a weight room at 12 midnight. You know, we, again, it was always one more. It was written on our shirts. We had it, you know, one more with an exclamation point. So we always, we, that the mentality was ingrained in us, man. So everything I do now, man, um, has that one more mentality behind it. That's so cool, dude. You gonna have one more son? <laughs> Not right now. Not right now. I'm cool. That's right. cool. So your dude's nine, yeah? He's nine. Yep. Yeah, He's nine years old. What's his name, brother? Jaden. Jaden? That's a cool name. Jaden, yeah. Do you see some yeah. basketball potential in him? Or is it just some pro athlete potential at all? <laughs> a, a whole, look, I, I'll be honest, man. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm being biased, but I see a whole lot in him. Um, he's more... I was very much into ball at his age, too. Like, I was a... A, a baller as far as loving the game of basketball at, yeah. at that age. He's a historian with the game. You know, his favorite player is Michael Jordan. Um, and he wasn't even born while Mike was still active as yeah. a player. Yeah. But he loves to look up the game. He was telling me about Artis Gilmore the other day. I'm like, how do you even know Artis Gilmore? Like, he, he was in the 60s and stuff. But he, he loves basketball. Me and him, we play. I mean, he looks like he's like 12 already, but he's nine. So he has that potential. His yep. body type is already there. You know, it's pretty <laughs> dude, cool. Dude, it's so cool as a dad because I've had this with my kids too, right? I've got two boys and a girl, but you nice. see, like you see these little sparks of potential, right? And mm -hmm. it just seem to come out of nowhere. And right. you just kind of like raise an eyebrow. It's like, oh, 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 okay. I got you. Right. Right. I can see this. Exactly. I know. And then the, the toughest part, man, for me is like balancing as a father, because I don't ever want to like pigeonhole them from my own impressions that I'm impressing mm -hmm. on them, you know, right. it's like, cool. But then it's, it's the balance between that, like staying out of their lives enough to allow them to make their own choices, but then also right. encouraging them in a certain direction to at mm -hmm. least, cause we see things as parents, right. As dads right. That, that our kids won't at a certain age. You know, right, you like, know better, right? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> for sure, man. But it's so cool that I mean, there's nothing like. I mean, there's two things, right? There's nothing like when you actually become a dad when you first see your dude right. for the first time, brother. You know, the, tell me about that because I mean, I'm looking down and I had twins, like a boy and a girl at the same time. I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. this is like like the best feeling ever. That's what was blessing, it like man. for you, man? It it was it was you know it was a crazy experience for me. Um, I gotta let you know. So you know, as a teenager. I, you know, tragically lost one of my older brothers, right? And that happened on February 16, 2002. And so that day was just like, you know, obviously the worst. Um, yeah. I was only 17. He was only 25. Out of the blue, just tragic yeah. incident happened. Um, so mind you, I'm just, you know, I'm going about life and, you know, my wife at the time, you know, uh, she was pregnant. I'm like, all right, this is the best thing in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember where water broke and we woke up in the middle of the night, like, oh, well, I, you know, I woke up because she was already awake. So I'm like, we rushed to the hospital and everything. And <clears throat> next thing I know, you know, the next morning, she she has our son. And what do you know, man? The day ended up being February 16th, 2013. Wow. So on a Saturday. So my brother, my older brother passed away on Saturday, February 16th, 2002. Huh. 
My son was born 11 years later on a Saturday, Saturday morning, February 16, 2013. So when it happened, dude, I, 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 I remember, you know, I, I, I held him first um, and I stepped out. I remember it was, it was strange. And I stepped out in the hall. I, I, I just started balling. Yeah. You know, cause uh, every day that every year that was like a tough day for me. Um, to just even think about my brother, man, it was, it was super tough, but it's like, I got some redemption in some form that day to where it was like a day of death turned into a day of life. So like me and my son's bond is just so crazy because he just always just, he's a reminder for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I gotta go. I have to go all out for this kid. I have to. Yeah, brother. You got me fighting back tears for real. That's just, (laughs) that's mind blowing, man. That's awesome. It, it was, it was, uh, cause it didn't even dawn on me right away until yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm holding him. And I'm like, man, I had to give him to somebody. I gave him to his mom. Yeah. I said, I'll be right back. And I, I you know, I, I kind of just felt things coming, man. So I just kind of excused myself from everybody, you know, the, the grandparents were in there, everything. I'm like, man, um, like I wrote about it, you know, I recently released a book and I, I have it in there. I didn't go into too much detail on that part, but it was just like, it was, it all, the it just rushed on me. I'm like, whoa, this is the same day. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, man, it, it was pretty surreal. Surreal. You know, it, it's so cool when, when we have these conversations on the, on this show, especially because you don't know where it's going to go, dude. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, exactly, exactly. I'm loving this, dude. I mean, it, I know everyone that's listening is just able to connect on a human level now, brother. And it's just, mm. it, it's, it's reality, right? It, right, it's, right. it's the ups, it's the downs, you know, no matter where you're at in life, what you end up accomplishing, you always have that tether to reality mm-hmm. you know, with, with things. Exactly. I mean, everybody experiences the same stuff just in, in, in very different ways. And I said, but then we can pull on it. And I, I love what you're doing because I mean, you wrote a book recently, you mentioned, you know, which we'll talk about. And you're also the national director of Nike sports camps, dude. I mean, it's just incredible leadership that you're projecting in this world. Tell me about your book, brother. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, my book is, um, you know, it's a, a six year journey of writing it <clears throat> to begin with. Um, <clears throat> just going through, you know, a, a lot of difficulty in life when I began writing it, um, you know, having potential divorce come about and being a father at the same time, loving fatherhood, loving marriage. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a tough time for me not wanting for this huge, you know, uh, split to happen, you know what I mean? Not just for myself, but for my son and knowing how much he loved the whole family dynamic. So I just was, you know, searching for a whole lot of life, man. And, and was trying to figure out how to not just get through what I was going through, but how to pull something from as crazy as it sounds, but pull something from those dark moments. You know what I mean? I tell people, you know, from the stage now, like the most successful people, are the ones that <clears throat> aren't afraid of the dark. Yeah. Like they they lean into their dark moments of their past. They actually draw motivation from those moments. And that's what I was attempting to do. And I came up with this tool, you know, I, I, that, a method I developed for myself called filtering. And uh, that's why I, I named my book, Filtering, The Way to Extract Strength from the Struggle. And, you know, I just literally began leaning into the different moments of my life, man, and pulling amazing motiv- motivation from them, pull- leaning into the looming divorce that was, you know, seemingly happening. We were just separated at the time and 
pulling motivation from it. And I just began, find, you know, having all these questions. So I began reading nine books every three weeks. I never forget, man. I went online and I ordered nine books at once. I just wanted to know about all this stuff and just find out who I was and, you know, secure the insecurities that I had. I was questioning myself a whole lot. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, no, I, I've never been insecure. I've always been a confident person. I've been bred for pressure and, you know, anxiety and moments like this in sports. But this was life. This was different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just began learning so much more about myself, about life and became so secure in myself and who I was. And I said, okay, I, you know, being, began speaking these things from the stage. And so many people say, do you have a book? You, you, anywhere we can kind of follow up on what you just spoke on? No, sorry, I don't have a book. So I began writing the book, you know, about six years ago. And, um, just, it just really tells people how to persevere, how to overcome different things. But beyond that, to really draw from what you're going through and convert those moments into an advantage for yourself. And again, I, I discuss how I grew up in an abandoned house, you know, uh, in North Philadelphia. I discuss how I was 10 feet away from a shooting when I was six years old and thought I was going to get shot because I was the only person there outside the other kid that got shot. And, you know, so it was just, I talk about how I overcame these things, having a knife pulled out on me at nine years old and called the N-word because I was, quote unquote, in the wrong neighborhood. So like going through all these things and still being able to succeed in life, despite those things, people wanted to know like how. And that's why I had to put it into the book, you know, how I overcame these things and began using these things against themselves so they cancel themselves out. That's incredible, dude. Are you, you got it on audiobook now too, on Audible? Yes, yes, it's an audio book as well. I think um, this is a, your book's going to become my workout book. That's what I do, brother. <laughs> I listen to I love it. I love it. Coming up in the in the next week or so, I'm gonna I'm gonna download it today, man. For real, that's, that'd be uh, awesome, man. I incredible. appreciate that. That, that. That's uh that's my space, right? When I'm working out, and that's when I that's when I yeah. listen to podcasts. That's how I consume knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's just during that time, and you're moving me today, dude. You're touching my heart today. I appreciate you. Man, I appreciate that, man. That's it's, I, we we sound alike. I mean, that's when yeah. I take in a lot of content too, man. I'm working out. I'm trying to. See what little tidbits I can pick up. So it's not always music. Sometimes it's music. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's just like, okay, let me throw some, some Earl Nightingale with somebody on that can kind of feed my mind right now. Right on, brother. It's funny how you talk about that with music because it's been like the last two workouts that I've been doing music. It's been really driving music, right? Because it's been, yeah, like, yeah. Because it's, <laughs> I'll listen to, if I'm if I'm doing a, a maintenance or something, right? If I'm not pushing it too hard, it seems like that's yeah. when I'll do the the audio books, you know. But then it's like, you <laughs> right, know, right, I'm, right. Gonna, I'm gonna bump it up five pounds today, you know. Right, right. Yeah. You, exactly. Throw some hardcore, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, dude. That's Man, right. I appreciate you. You know, to, to, before we head out here, tell me a little bit about Nike Sports Camps, right? You you're the national director of that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a passion, man. That's yeah. uh, it's, it's sports. You know, I, I I played three. I played you know basketball, obviously, and you know played football for high second in high school. Ran track. Track is a passion of mine. So I just love athletics, um, and just overall, I love the mentality beyond you know behind athletics. Again, you you know this more than anybody else. It, it's a, it's a mentality that you have to have. Yeah. You know, it's a balance that you have to have that's not really spoken about. You know, you have to be a student athlete in school. Like that's that's a that's a serious balance that you must have, and it's an obligation <clears throat> and uh, that you have to uphold. So I tell kids all the time, like, look, 
pay close attention. Lean into what you have going on right now. You have a gift of being an athlete that, and you have an advantage that a lot of non-athletes may not be experiencing right now because you, your teammates are going to be called coworkers one day. Yep. Like your coaches are going to be called bosses and managers one day. These referees, they're going to be called officers out in society. Like <laughs> you have an advantage that you're gaining right now in sports that others don't. So you can actually be more prepared than the non-athlete out in society. So just lean into what you have going on. So I love that aspect of being able to direct Nike sports camps and bringing others on board to direct <clears throat> the camps. That's that's a big part of what I do, bringing other people on board so that we can grow the brand around the country, grow my company around the country, and just really instill the proper mindset into these kids to help prepare them for life. It's not yeah. just about sports. I mean, it, it's a whole lot bigger than that. So. Um, that's what I love the most about it, man. It's again, it's helped my business to expand and to grow. We're partners with Nike Sports Camps and it's helped me to grow in that position. Um, I love it, man. I love it to it too. It's amazing the stuff that life throws us, isn't it? And it just, you, you become so grateful for the opportunities. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's Absolutely, awesome, man. So filtering available everywhere, right? It's uh, available dude, everywhere, it man. It's amazing. out there. <laughs> Sweet, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I, again, you got to let me know what you think about it, man. I definitely respect your opinion. Yeah, you bet, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Go go everywhere. Follow yeah. Joel and everything he's doing. Go buy his book, too, most of all. I'm going to do it today because I'm going to listen to it while I'm working out tomorrow morning. Thanks, Joel. Awesome, Good having you, brother. Appreciate it.